this first episode of the second season of the female sex podcast welcome back really i hope your summer went really really well or is still going well we're still in the summer until the end of september so i hope everything's going really well for you Uh, i've had a very interesting summer i've had so i always say that it seems like I haven't been away for very long at all, but, um, you know, I always say that, but time seems to be speeding up and that has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. So first, where can you find me around the internet? You can find me at thefemalesex.blogspot.com. It is a private blog and it can be read by invitation only. So send me a request to thefemalesex at gmail.com to be added to the reading list. Just write add me to the reading list in the subject line. You don't have to leave a message. Thank you so much for all of you who did leave messages. It's wonderful to hear from you. I hope you're getting the emails. I have been sending out, um, well, I sent out a couple um, email emails to those of you on the reading list so that you can um, get updates on blog posts. Uh, I did recently post a blog yesterday and so that will be up today. It's already um, available. It's up to read. Um, If you're hearing this on Anchor, thank you for being here. Thank you for checking in. And if you're hearing this on YouTube, you're probably a little bit behind. This is not going to be up on YouTube until the 9th of September. Um, you probably, on the 29th, you probably heard um, the previous podcast uh, that we did just before the summer. All right, so add me to the reading list. You can send that to thefemalesex at gmail.com to get on the reading list to read the female sex blog. Other than that, I'm at Twitter at thefemalesex. Um, I'm at Instagram at ttjames the tt james anyway all the information is going to be up on youtube and those of you on the reading list have the information um yeah just search for me on the internet so really i haven't had much time for the female sex i started up my business again the my sacred blood and i've been just dedicating all of my time to that and it's been a wonderful wonderful feeling So that's what I've been up to this summer, you know, family reunions, mostly family stuff, and then mostly um, trying to revamp the whole business. It's just, it's a whole new look. It's a whole new everything. It's just a vibe and I'm so excited about it. It's going to relaunch in October. So that's been what I've been up to. That's what I've been doing with my time. And I I just want to start out talking about time because the video does have a lot to do with that and what's been happening in our lives this last year really has been this time loop. So I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been repeating a lot of the same things you've been seeing. We go around in a loop and then something happens that already happened a couple months ago or 
you know, quite possibly last year or something that happened recently. And uh, we're going to get into it. A lot of the mythology, a lot of the old stories, the old mythos, you know, they're, they're kind of, um, they've kind of been repackaged and we're hearing them again. So we're in this time loop. And really, every time you go around the loop, if you find something's happening that's similar to something that's already happened, that means it's your get off point. That's your point to restart, to do something different so that you can get out of the loop. But a lot of us tend to want to stay in the cycle. We remain in the cycle and then we continue to do the same things. And a perfect example of that, of course, is the entire Black Lives Matter show. Okay. And a lot of people get on that loop. They go around, you know, we did that in um, all of last year, all of the years before. And then we started out the year with that. And then everyone got into the loop and they did the protests and all that. And then we got out of the loop for a little bit during the summer. You know, some people didn't, some people stayed in there, but then now we're back inside of that loop again. And they came and, and the loop sucks a, a few more people in. Some, some people didn't get back into it or didn't get back on that thing. I know a lot of my family, people who were posting things before, they're not even doing it again. And that's because a lot of us got out of that loop and now we're focused on our lives, really. I never got on that loop. <laughs> I'm going to stay out of that loop. But, um... This past summer, I lost my job. I was one of the people who were let go, you know, and this is what I mean when I'm talking about time. So when I was working, I felt like the days were long. I was very much stressed. You know, I was working from home and the firm that I was working for, they had um, the security certificates on my phone and I had the computer in my house. And so, you know, I... It was a running joke, like I think I had mentioned this in the previous blog, that it was a running joke that I had a spy phone, like I, I felt like I was being spied on, like I couldn't have conversations, you know, my employer would know exactly what I'm doing, when I'm doing it online, and it was just really stressful to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and then have to be online and then couldn't be offline again until you know, five o'clock, you know, but I was doing my nine to five and I would stick to my nine to five. I would get up and I have the computer on and I boot up the computer around, you know, I get up to have coffee and, you know, do the things that you do, you know, trying to feel normal, like you're having a normal work day when really you're not. And, and so I would get up, have the coffee, do whatever, check in with my son, get him going for school. And then I would boot up the computer at exactly nine o'clock because I wasn't going to start my work day early. And I wasn't going to get off late. So I stuck to my nine to five schedule. But there I was on the schedule, felt like I was being spied on every day. And then um, it, one day we had to meet in the office and I got talking to one of the managers there. And she said, you know, we're talking about the whole COVID situation and working from home and everything. And she mentioned that, you know, she's at home. She doesn't she's she's single and she doesn't have like the responsibility with her child. Um, her child is a little older. And so she has time to be online. She said until 10 p.m. And I I can't do that. Like I cannot compete with that. And a lot of people I find were doing that. So a lot of people were getting depressed and either leaving their jobs or they felt like they were stuck and they really didn't want to lose their jobs. And so they would put in extra hours, you know, and we're at home. We're not sure what to do with ourselves. We ha really have nowhere to go. And so we dedicate a lot of our time 
to work and we're not getting paid overtime. So these people, they're getting free overtime labor and they don't have to pay for it. People are doing it voluntarily. They're doing it in the hopes of hanging on to their job or they're doing it just out of sheer boredom. Excuse me. And I just wasn't one of those people. I still have a life and I wasn't going to give anything more than five o'clock. You know, so I can't compete with people who are on uh, who are online and at work nine to 12, 14 hours a day sometimes, you know. And so, of course, the employers realize that, well, we can do the same amount of work with a smaller workforce and we don't have to pay these wages. And so a few of us got let go. Now, I'm grateful for the job because I had just gotten the job like a week before the lockdown. So I wouldn't have even had a job, you know, and then they let me go and it was a relief. It was a relief. They took about a week to come back and get the computer and to disconnect everything from my phone. And, you know, in that week, I was like, why aren't they coming? Like, I want them just to get this device out of my home, you know, and as soon as the device was gone, I felt like this sense of relief, like I had my time back. Remember, there was an American, I think she's a senator, a congresswoman, Maxine Waters, who said, I, I'm reclaiming my time. I'd like to reclaim my time back. I'd like to, that was a big joke. It became a meme. And now it makes so much more sense. I want my time back, you know? And so for a lot of us who did end up either losing our jobs or some, some people quit, you know, and they took took a hit for it, but still they did it for the freedom. A lot of us who left our jobs or who were let go from our jobs, it turns out that for me anyway, it was a blessing in disguise or, you know, some people don't like that word, but whatever. All English words have a meaning that you're not going to like. Okay, <laughs> So it was a blessing in the most positive sense of the word, you know. That I got to be able to do exactly what I've always wanted to do, which is to revamp this business. And I now have the money uh, saved and everything I need, you know, insurance and, you know, investments and things like that. Uh, I'm in a good place to restart the business. So I felt like it was just perfect timing and it was the best time. And I always say that the mother is great and her timing is always perfect. Okay. Sometimes we think, you know, when when bad things happen, like when I had the fire this past summer, it was bad. Yes, but I lost a neighbor that I didn't even like, you know, she had to move. So sometimes we think that negative things are happening to us when really it's just a time uh, for us and a chance for us to get out of that loop, you know, to begin another cycle. And so we have to look at all experiences as something either positive or it's a means to another end you know sometimes the plans that we make are not the plans that were meant for us all right so you know I just a lot of what's been happening lately got me thinking about time and it's why I wrote the the blog post about the war for all time because it's all that's been on my mind is what is this thing time you know if you've noticed even during the whole COVID thing it seems as if time, it, the way that we used to measure time isn't even, is, is almost non-existent, you know, the man-made measurement of time. And a lot of us will wake up or we'll go to sleep whenever we want, wake up whenever we want. Um, I found that I was waking up at sunrise 
and then going to bed at sunset exactly and then when I started working on the business again I preferred to work at night and so I was working until sunrise and then I would wake up sometime in midday you know because I love when I'm doing something I love like I dedicate my my life to it and my time and I don't mind doing it at all but you know, while I was doing that, I got to see some beautiful sunrise, you know, the purple skies in the morning. And you just see life differently when you're not on man-made time. You know, the nine to five is kind of like the man's, um, the general idea of the sun, sunrise to sunset. And so we use that man-made time schedule and we're all on that schedule. Everybody's moving through the metro on that schedule and it just wasn't working anymore. And I feel like probably that's why things, you know, this thing is more than just a virus. Obviously, we know that now it's an opportunity, whether it's a virus, you know, a deadly virus, clearly it's not, but whether it's a deadly virus or not, it is absolutely 100% an opportunity for, for change, incredible change. And that's what I've been saying all along. I have not slowed down. I haven't stopped. My life has not you know, I didn't let this stop me and to interfere too much with my time. I think the only time my uh, the only time when anything was interfering with with my time was when I was working. But anyway, like I said before, like when this whole first thing happened, I said I have a plan A to Z already. So, you know, that's where I am now. But anyway, I wrote the post about uh, the greatest war for all time. And it's based on the idea of how men took over time, okay, in order to create a civilization. Because if you don't have that nine to five, if you don't have, you know, these divisions of time, then you can't have a civilization. You can't have the days of the week and the months, you know, the quarterly, whatever, however people man uh, manage their financial stuff. It's like a quarterly measurement. And so just the entire basis of civilization is built around the idea of time. And I should say before I even continue on where we're going with this, and this whole podcast is about the L, the Elites versus the aliens. Okay. And, uh, but I, I just want to pick up where we left off, uh, last season where we were talking about, uh, the Anunnaki and Venus and, you know, how a lot of what we look at, um, a lot of the celestial events are playing out here in the earthly realm. And so, this whole idea of time, there's a myth called um, the myth of Inki and Inanna. And in that story, Inanna, who is Venus, who represents Venus, uh, that star, and Enki represents Saturn, or sorry, Mercury. Um, in that myth, Inanna supposedly got Inki drunk and then she stole from him the me's, the M-E, um, plural. M-E's are me's, which are the, the powers or the basis of all civilization. But it's really a story of the, um, the battle or the war for time. And so in this myth, Inanna supposedly stole that from Mercury. And I'm 
I'm guessing that that has more to do with the fact that Mercury is supposed to be closest to the sun, but Inanna is brighter than Mercury and Inanna was used to measure time and Mercury wasn't. And so the, pl the planet Mercury. And, and so that's probably why in the myth, it's like, it's an allegory to say that Venus kind of stole the job that Enki was supposed to do, which is to measure time. And so in the myth, Inanna supposedly um, stole these me's, um, these, uh, the powers of civilization. But what happened really was that man stole time from woman. And of course, nobody created time. Time space is what it is, you know, it has no beginning, no end, no owner. But the idea of measuring time is a female creation, okay? It came from women who used certain events, celestial events, that corresponded to their own um, worldly events or to our own bodies, really, in order to measure time. So what do I mean by that? We Women used the, the moon to measure their menstruation, uh, menstrual cycles. They used um, Venus to measure their gestation period the cycle of venus's cycle is it it corresponds to the gestation period for a human pregnancy really and so the amount of time it takes venus to orbit is exactly the amount of time it takes for a woman to go through her entire nine months of pregnancy and so women would use venus for that Women also looked at the moon uh, in order to, because women were gatherers, nurturers, of course, it made sense that they would use the moon to, um, to help with agriculture and their gardening because when the moon was full, the earth would swell and the waters would rise. And so it was a good idea. And some people use it today to um, plant your seeds or to seminate before or yeah just before the full moon now um this whole the old gods like and old deities and mythological uh characters like inanna and enki and you know these this idea of saturn and yeah, all of this is making a comeback. There a few years ago, I think it was 2016 or 17, one of the subscribers on YouTube or a viewer on YouTube recommended that I watch The American Gods. And in that show was kind of a, a story about it was an allegory of course, but the the story was about the war between the old gods and the new gods. And the old gods were of course are you know Zeus and Odin and Anubis, a lot of the characters you see in Egyptian mythology and um, deities and things like that. So Nancy was in it. Uh, anyway, and then um, the new gods, which is media, new media, digital media, technology, internet, and so on. And then the person who ruled the new gods was Mr. World. Anyway, so in that story, they kind of had the war between the old gods and the new gods. And that's what we're seeing really playing out now. That, that show was very much um, predictive programming. Well, not really. I guess it, it only makes sense that uh, we're going to change the way. I don't know if mythology will ever go away, but 
the new gods have now become part of that mythos, okay? Now the new gods are part of the story. Um, and, you know, Saturn, when we think of Saturn, who was once, um, you know, who Saturn, who was Kronos, and I believe Saturn is also Nurtu, or, you know, has many, many names, but Saturn, the god of Saturn, and the planet Saturn, the god of Saturn is not named after Saturn. You know, we've also seen like um, the black cube of Saturn that made a comeback. Um, uh, the the land of Canaan uh, that has to do with the so-called uh, black people, you know, the cursed people. That's also making a comeback in the form of QAnon, which, you know, if you say it uh, all together, it's... It, sounds like Canaan and then Nick Cannon he he was back in the news as well so Canaan is back in the news so the highlight is on the black people and then the or on the black not necessarily the black people and then because the black doesn't mean the black people but I'm gonna get to that when we talk about L but then the Saturn um is also a reference to the black and then interestingly enough the the Canaan, the Nick Cannon, or Nick Cannon, you know, certain celebrities are used for their names because they have a certain name. And so Hollywood will use them. There was a, anyway, the, anyway, yeah, I can't get into it because there are so many different instances of this or examples of it that I could go on and on and on. So I'm not going to start with that. But um, as far as um, Nick Cannon's involvement in all this, you know, Nick Cannon, was always infiltrating the so-called conscious community. The consciousness became, when I was younger and I was in high school, people were would read these scraggly, torn up little books, you know? And then the internet came sometime in 1998, 99. Um, our schools, they put internet in a lot of the inner city schools. And it was kind of an experiment because two years later, they started to measure how um, different people use the internet according to race. And they found that black people were using the internet more and especially for online chats and things like that and disseminating what we know today as conscious information or esoteric information. So they kind of use the internet to siphon this information out of the black community and the black so-called conscious community put all of their consciousness on the internet around that time. So I remember around that time when I'm in high school, a lot of the people started to get smart, you know, and they would question the thing. I remember this guy questioning me about the story of Remus and Romulus, asking me who, you know, who um, created Rome or something. I don't remember, but, you know, at that, and then he started going off about black history, you know. But before that, people didn't know shit. But as soon as the internet came and they started hearing these things, then um, they started putting more and more of it on the internet. And then now we have, we're in a place where consciousness has become monetized. And so people are making money by selling this so-called black consciousness. And the word is very fitting because it all fits into the idea of the black. All right. So it, it was interesting that Nick Cannon, who represents the black or the Canaan, um, the cursed land of Canaan and the Canaanites he had um this the whole issue or whatever show with the um with the Jewish people 
and it was it was believed that Saturn was the god of the Jews or Jews considered themselves similar to the the Saturn archetype and it's interesting because Griff Professor Griff whose real name is Richard Griffin is supposed to represent and he was used he got caught up in this thing because Nick Cannon who is owned and controlled by his masters the so-called European Jews he now sets up Professor Griff and does this interview with him long before the COVID but the whole thing wasn't supposed to play out on this whole the world stage until now because of the timing okay so they held on to that interview which was done a long time ago not a long time ago but the months before and then they played it at the right time and this time they were supposed to show the same battle that happened between Saturn or the god that was called Nunurtu, Nunurta or Nunurtu uh, versus Enlil and who was the uh, ruler of the universe. So Saturn is supposed to represent the Jews and Enlil is supposed to represent or, or Griffin is supposed to represent Enlil or the Anzu which is um, and that war was a fight for the um, the tablets of destinies and whoever holds the tablets of destinies becomes the ruler of the universe. In the myth, Ninurtu or Saturn won that battle. And clearly now, now that we've come through the loop again, in in the battle where the uh, Saturn is the Jews and uh, Anzu is the, the Griffin or Professor Griff, the Jews again came out the winners in that battle. So, but this is just old myths, but they're being played out by the new gods, which are, you know, the influencers. And so it, it was just interesting that that whole uh, battle played out because the, the griffin itself is the guardian of these tablets. It's the guardian of precious, valuable things, the guardian of information. And griff is known as the, the, um, the what is it professor of information or minister of information so that was it was like these stories they just keep coming they keep coming the whole black cube of saturn thing is where uh, oh before i even get to that of course the goat uh, was um playing out you know what's her name black china got herself a, a baphomet tattoo and the baphomet will come back into the story the baphomet it's venus of course we talked about that in the previous uh podcast but uh, yeah, the va- Baphomet represents Venus and sh- she made a comeback. And then Saturn. So we had Saturn. And of course, here we go again. Just like Nick Cannon was sent out there. He's a slave and a puppet to these um, his Jewish masters. Now Ice Cube was sent. And I uh, to bring I mentioned that also in the in the dissecting the goat blog post and he was sent by his Jewish masters to ca- to cause like um, a controversy, you know, to bring up anti-Semitism. I wasn't really hearing much in the news about anti- anti-Semitism because so many people were so caught up in the whole Corona thing and then the Black Lives Matter thing that I don't really think people had time to be anti-Semitic. There was even an opportunity uh, in this month, in the beginning of the month, or I believe in anyway, this summer where there was the explosion out in Lebanon. And you would think if people were anti-Semitic that everybody would 
point directly to the Jews for that, but nobody did that, you know, so nobody was really anti-Semitic. But like I said before, you know, Zionists are not the Jews or the Jewish people. Jewish people don't realize that, that the Zionists are using them and sacrificing them in order to um, get what they want, you know. So they pretend to be for the Jewish people, but they're the biggest anti-Semites. And so they create these anti-Semitic scenarios and then black people, so-called black people, fall into it, you know. And so now they can say, okay, well, Griff is anti-Semitic. They already had that play out. That was another loop that happened when I was in my late teens, early 20s, when Professor Griff, their whole controversy with Professor Griff and the Jewish people. Okay, and now the, we're back into the loop again, and it's come around again. But anyway, so when we talk about Saturn, right, we're talking about not the planet, you know, the planet Saturn was named after Saturn, which means to sow, okay, to seminate, to plant seeds or scatter seeds. That's what Saturn means. And when we talk about Saturn, we're talking about the, the creator, or the great creator of all things, the black womb. In the Kabbalah, um, or the in the Kabbalah, the El or the Creator God is represented by the black um, the black cube of Saturn. All right, and this God is associated with Saturn, not Saturn the planet, but Saturn the uh saturn the dark womb the cosmic womb the universal dark womb and l or al a e l or a l means the same thing it's the creator god and it is that cosmic womb and it was believed that we are living inside of a black cube where here all of um Everything that exists, all light matter, was birthed from the cosmic womb, the dark womb, which we talked about in the previous podcast. All right. So when we talk about Saturn, we're really talking about the great mother. It's a feminine deity. It's the divine feminine. And the reason why I'm mentioning it now is because I've always been trying to get the dark melanin women to understand that they are gods. They're the living, breathing personification of this dark magnetic force, this cosmic womb. And we refuse to believe that. And the reason why it's important to believe that is because everything about you will change. You, your mind will change. Your behaviors will change. The way you look at yourself and the world will change. And when you come into your power, you will create change. And that's why it's important. I don't like to talk about mysticism and occult um esoterica unless it has a direct or practical um, purpose here in my real life and so it's a lot of the time it's why I keep it to myself because it's so difficult to try to explain all of this because man created all of this mythology and this nonsensical stories and these characters and everything just so they can hide that divine truth that all of it every single bit of it is based on the idea that we are living in a feminine universe. And of course, when I talk about feminine, we're not talking about the female. You know, a lot of people will look at that and think that it's a, it's a, um, 
a feminist to say that okay but of course we're not here for that we're not in that loop anymore if people don't understand what it means to be a divine feminine divine feminine gives birth to all things masculine so when we talk about the divine feminine we are talking about the all or the all the al as it were let's take a little break and then we'll talk about the elites the people the followers of l versus the aliens who are the creations of L. We'll be right back. All right, so before, um, I think, excuse me, anyway, I, I forgot where I left off as I went away too long, but let's start with L and the definitions, all right? When we talk about L, of course, like I said, right, that's where I was. We're talking about the creator God. The E-L is known as the creator God, and then the al is the same you know same thing different language but al you know th these are the roots um root words for the elohim and the allah okay so when we talk about allah and elohim we're talking about the feminine force that dark magnetic feminine force the cosmic universe the cosmic womb excuse me uh that dark matrix that gives birth to all light things all right so when we look at the the suffix i we're talking about someone who's a believer in or a follower of a certain person, idea, or thing. And so the elites, who we know as the elites, are uh, followers of the El. You know, their god is the so-called Saturn, you know, the one who sows. And so they are the followers of the El. The Alians, on the other hand, are those who come from El. When you have the Ian or the in at the end of a word like um, Michiganian, Torontonian, any other ins, whatever, wherever city you're from or country, you know, that denotes the fact that you come from this thing. So the aliens or the aliens are from the dark. The L lights are uh, following the dark, if you follow me. So when you understand that, you understand that, look, as a personification of the dark womb, a black woman, the elites worship you, okay? And when we worship something, we revere it, we fear it, and sometimes we hate it. You know, a lot of people, when they go through misery, they'll curse their own God. You know, how could God do this to me? And blah. So, uh, you, you know, you can, and the same thing with our children. A lot of the time, you know, I'm going through it right now. My, I love my son to, to life. <laughs> and, um, but we have our, our issues, you know, and we have our issues because when children start to grow, the children are supposed to surpass their parents. A lot of the parents think they know better than their children. But you should want to create a being that's going to be superior to you. 
That is the goal. If you're leaving something in the world that hasn't evolved and that you're creating the same thing over and over again, that's not a good thing. Okay. Otherwise, you know, like imagine if we didn't, if, if Tesla company didn't create the electric car, we would still be driving these gas cars. You know, we'd still be riding around with no seatbelt. As we move through time, things need to change. Some people need to get off the loop and to create another loop or, or something. Imagine if, if um, hydrogen didn't collide or create chaos with other hydrogen, helium atoms wouldn't have ever formed. And so life would never form, right? So it's imperative for us to create something and usually it it requires a bit of chaos and war to create something beautiful okay anyway i discussed that uh when i was on youtube just before in my last video on youtube why it's necessary why chaos is necessary all right and so the l the l lights uh, are now creating this chaos because they're at war with their great divine dark mother they want to become the master, as I mentioned in the blog, okay? They want to evolve to see if they can master the universe, if they can hold uh, the tablets of destiny or become the, the rulers of the universe, all right? It's not... Is it possible that the light beings that were created from the dark will eventually overtake the dark and all will become light. That was the question I posed in a video that I made about six or seven years ago when I first started out on YouTube. And it was my theory that the dark universe and that dark energy will become dark matter and dark matter will become light matter and light matter will eventually overcome the universe and then it will all implode or explode and then we'll start all over again with just a dark vibration, okay? That's my theory when we talk about the expanding universe, because anyway, I'm not going to say the because it's, it's too much, but right now, like I said, these old myths are playing themselves out on the world stage, but the gods take the form of another character. So the aliens versus the elites, the aliens versus the elites have actually um, been played out recently with the whole cardi b and the wop so the wop was a catalyst okay a lot of people believe that it's about um the the thought or the um horror culture and and things like that it's not you know of course it's there are layers to it we'll just say that the wop i'll just mention that the whole level up idea the whole level up movement has all culminated in this thing in the wop in whore culture, you know, when I was making videos on YouTube, I would share a lot of my stories from the sex industry and and I would talk a lot about um, rape, rape culture and um, sex work. And I wrote a lot about it in my blog. And at that time, even four or five years ago, I was stigmatized for it when I even talked about um, buck breaking 
the uh, in the porn industry and the sports industry and all of that I was ridiculed and shamed and told that I was lying you know white men denied it black men denied it I was called everything from whore to bitch to bedwinch told to kill myself I'm a liar and now I find that from my analytics a lot of people are finding that same video because Tariq Nasheed is supposedly making a documentary about um about the buck breaking somebody's looking up buck breaking documentary so i go buck breaking documentary and i look into it and this guy's making a buck breaking documentary when five years ago people told me i was a liar and buck breaking didn't even exist so you know i i find that i can say certain things that i was talking about seven years ago when i first started making videos on youtube and they're still going to be relevant today. That's why when I go away for the summer, I'm like, I'm not missing anything. People are just going to be going through the loop. Uh, I'll catch the next one. You know, I'll jump back in in the next one. And I'm going to find that, you know, everybody is talking about some something that I already talked about five, ten loops ago, you know. So I'm not worried about it anymore. I'm not going to let it bother me anymore. I'm going to say what I say. And then, you know, people can take it and leave it. If they don't take it now... In another 10 years from now, I'm sure they'll get it. So a lot of what I'm going to say now, you might not understand it. But if you come back 10 years from now, you'll get it. It'll make some sense. So uh, in this case, um, you know, the, the well, as I was saying, the level of culture has um, become the whore culture. Or now they're intertwined, okay? Now they're the same thing. The, the level up girls didn't see that coming, did they? But in the song, Cardi B is saying the exact same thing that the Level Up girls were saying. And so uh, before, when people were looking at the whores, like the whores were the bad guys, you know, the sex trade workers and all that. And now the, the wives, or to become a wife, you have to do what the whores have already been doing. And that's taking, um, charging for relationships. Like, it's unreal. It's unbelievable. But then again, it is believable, okay? But anyway, what I wanted to say about that was the Cardi B thing, okay? Cardi B represents the aliens. And as you know, illegal aliens, we often refer to people from the Western countries who come into the Western countries, brown people more than likely, as illegal aliens. And illegal means that they don't, um, man's law doesn't apply to them, really, okay? They're illegal there is no law written for these people, and so they don't belong inside of that um, realm, okay? So Cardi B, who is a Afro-Hispanic, kind of represents, she's like the package, like she represents the audience. She's dark, and she's Hispanic, okay? So she represents the audience, and she gives an interview with a man joe biden who represents the elites or the elite okay and they do that interview in a magazine called l and any of you who speak french spanish italian whatever you know that the word l or ella um means she or her okay so when we talk about l again it goes back to the saturn or this dark uh feminine deity and so the alien is interviewing the elite, you know, and the interviewer is usually the one trying to pull information from the, um, they control the interview. So in that situation, Cardi B was making demands to Joe Biden 
But one of the things that Cardi B wanted or she mentioned is that we want equality. So here you have an alien, the people representing the people who come from the L, asking the Elite or the follower of the L to be equal to the L, okay, uh, to the Elite. They want equality with the Elites. The person who comes from the thing, can they be equal to those who follow the thing? I don't know the answer to that, quite possibly, you know, but um, anyhow, so that played itself out. What I wanted to, um, it, anyway, that all represents the, um, this war between the aliens and the elites, but it's really that war is, uh, represents the light in a war against the dark like literally when we talk about it it's happening when on a physical level when we talk about physics okay and light and magnetism it's an, on a cosmic level the light matter in our universe is at war right now with the dark to overtake the dark so that everything becomes light but the dark keeps winning the battle because the dark keeps swallowing everything up so another, um, I want to go back to, excuse me, I want to go back to time, all right? And when we look at time and our respect for time, because the dark universe and the matter that she creates is what we use to measure time. So time, the word, English word time comes from the, the German Zeit, which means to divide, and as I said, it was women who first started to divide certain events, like dividing the seasons to make a year or, you know, dividing the the phases of the moon in order to create a week. And then the moons themselves, like the cycle of the moon to make a month. And women were doing that first. And then, I, like I said, men took that over in order to create civilizations. Now, how do we know this? Because a lot of um, the symbolism that exists today represents that. The sign for the female, the female symbol, which is the ring and the rod, represents the idea of the sundial and the cycle that it makes. And it, before there was um, electronic pollution and light pollution, uh, artificial light pollution, I should say, the Venus or the light of Venus would cast a visible shadow that can be um, it can be traced in the same way that the sun was traced using using the rod or the sundial. The Venus was able to be traced, and that's how women would measure their periods by keeping track of Venus, the movement of Venus across the sky. So that symbol of the ring and the rod then became the symbol of the woman. It's said that um, the word for Ankh is based on, and I think I mentioned this in more detail in the blog, I could be wrong, so I'm going to mention it here, that the sound Ankh, Ankh for the NH sound Ankh, means water, and the Ankh is the sound of the placenta, or the sound that represents the placenta, so Ankh together became the Ankh and that eventually um, 
put together it meant eternal life it signified eternal life or whatever but eventually like now in modern time you'll hear a lot of men talking about how the rod is the phallus and the ring is the vagina okay and you can maybe look at it that way but that's not what it was okay it it really is the idea these that these are the tools that women used to create or to measure time okay to whether it's to measure venus or whether it was to measure the movement of the sun the women would put the rod into the ground and then use stones to mark the movement of the sun or the movement of venus and that's how the ring was formed if you look at the story of um inanna's descent into the underworld all of the symbolism lines up with that and i mentioned that on the blog as well all right so that's why when we talk about the ankh the ankh is a deformed ring it looks more like a uh, a drop of water more so than um the ring because of course like i said the um the sound the first sound in the word ankh um, represents water so what you're looking at is a drop of water you're not looking at a vagina but people want to say that you know I did mention in the last blog that I wouldn't wear the symbol and I don't because people associate it with the phallus but really if the true history of that story is that that's a feminine symbol and that's a women it's a symbol of um, not just the idea of water coming from the womb okay and birth and all of that but also the cosmic womb so it represents the cosmic womb all of this comes back once again to the female and i just want to say here that i'm so grateful that i had ordained myself you know guardian of the female sex really you know not guardian of but keeper of because we know that the female sex is slowly disappearing and we're we're in a space right now where of course the light beings or the lighter beings the one who call themselves white uh, and i'll get back to that in a second because the ones who call themselves white are actually uh, not they have a black mentality because they're following the dark and then the ones who are dark seem to be chasing the light <laughs> they always want acceptance for the light and uh, you know what's dark is light what's light is dark or what's dark is light what what's dark will become light and what's light will become dark anyway so i lost track of what i was saying anyway yeah i was saying you know i'm i'm so glad that i was able to take the name the female sex it shouldn't have even been available i started making videos on youtube in 2012 i started writing the blog in 2010 so it, I don't understand why in 2010, no other female wanted to take the name, the female sex. And I know now that it was meant for me and I'm supposed to be here to be guardian of the idea of the female sex. A lot of women have already rejected that and they don't want to be called a female because they think that the female is an animal. No, the female is that feminine entity whether it be an animal a uh, plant a uh, sun or the birther of the suns no matter the thing that gives life the creator is the female 
and um yeah i just wanted to get that in there you know um aside from that i i think i lost train of thought there's one more thing that i wanted to say in relation to the uh the dark yes it had to do with the sun and the black sun which is the next um thing i guess symbol that will be making a comeback i'm not sure how it will make a comeback but we cannot end this thing without talking about the black sun so i i'm not sure how it's going to play out but when we talk about the black sun again or the Sol Niger, or Sol Niger, or however it's pronounced. That has been, um, oh, I, I can probably see where it's going to come out, and that's the whole Nazi thing. You know, they'll, they'll bring it back around with Black Lives Matter, um, more than likely, more than likely. You know, um, so we talk about the Black Sun, what they're really talking about is the moon, Okay. We, we're under the impression, because a lot of us believe in the moon landing, I don't, uh, and I don't, not just because I'm conspiracy theorist, I don't because I like to see things, or I want to, it to be proven to me, I don't just like to take the word of people, and again, you know, all of what we know about the moon landing is only what the light beings who call themselves white told us happened on the moon, so I don't quite buy it, you know, you can look at the moon, and look at the shape of the moon and the fact that it reflects so much light and you can see for yourself that that thing has to have a reflective surface so all these little um swiss cheese looking rocks that they've brought down from the moon and these pictures of you know men bouncing on this white dusty desert it just doesn't ring true it doesn't make sense that the moon would be a white dusty thing the moon has to have some form of a magnet for it to be orbiting our earth and to be attached to the earth like that. It has to be attached to some sort of a magnetic pull, okay? Anyway, so uh, whatever. People can believe what they want to believe and we can't get angry at people for not believing what we believe. So I believe that the sun is black and this black sun that has become the symbol of the Nazis or has been associated with so-called white supremacy, okay? This black sun actually represents our moon because the moon is black, but at night it appeared to look like a sun. And so it has an esoteric story behind it. And, and so that's the story. The story is that they believe that this thing was a sun, but it wasn't a sun. It's the moon. Um, the full moon I'm talking about. And so, uh, you, you know, it's kind of like, um, I, I'm not going to say what it's made from. More than likely, it's made mostly from carbon, of course. And, um, you know, the same things that makes carbon, hydrogen, whatever. And uh, it has the same effect as the black obsidian or the black mirror that is used for scrying. So the same way you would look at your television, it would a glare bring out a glare or it would reflect the light that's what the moon does and so that was going to come around again and of course this moon is a light matter or is a form of light matter that was created by the the dark or cosmic womb this dark feminine or she has so many names We'll just call her L, 
<laughs> so the moral of this story, of this whole story, this podcast is to be the alien that you are. Realize your God potential. Recognize your God power. Don't just say it. Live it. Okay. Get out of the loop. Get into another loop. You know, you can always get, it's like a train or, you know, you can get on and then jump off when you want to and then get back on another one, jump off when you want to. And one loop will bring you to another one and another one. And you go through the cycle and you will find yourself exactly where you need to be. But if you stay on the same loop, going around and around doing the same thing, you're not going to learn anything. Anyway, I think for the podcast, and you'll have to be patient with me because like I said, my life is all about my sacred blood right now. And so um, I more than likely will not get on to do a podcast except for maybe once a month, you know, yeah, once every moon. I'll try my best though. I'll try my very best. You know, and it's not like anyone's like checking for me like that anyway. <laughs> not like that. But anyway, I, you know, I wish you all the best always. And I will check in with you very, very soon. Bye.